When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast Extra Bits. This is our little extra gift for you podcast subscribers. This week, it's our badass balls ups with me, Harriet Minter, Emma Sexton, and Natalie Campbell. And we're also joined by the amazing Sophia Money Coots, author and journalist. We'll be talking about whether or not we should get Botox and just how to overcome loneliness. I don't know about you, but I love a good summer read, particularly a good bit of classic chiclet. <laughs> and in the studio, we have the author of probably the summer read, the plus one, <laughs> Sophia Moneycoots. It's so lovely to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, Hello. thank you for having Hi. me. <laughs> so I read your book when I was on holiday in Did Portugal. You? Yes. Great. Okay, perfect. And I loved it. I tore through it in Hooray. about a day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, and I loved that it was... It was just a good classic summer holiday read. Was that what you were trying to do? Yes, I was never going to write uh, War and Peace. And <laughs> I thought, yeah, and I wasn't aiming to write anything that was going to win the Booker Prize. Um, <laughs> so I really just wanted to write a book that made uh, women laugh and women read it and think at particular scenes, oh yeah, that's true, that's a thing, <laughs> that happens. Um, so that was my goal, really. So there is one particular scene. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about okay, it. which one? <laughs> it Tell is me. sort of early on in the book when she meets a... So, so our lovely this single heroine meets, yes. Yeah. A sort of a man that at a party. She meets him at a party. She's a friend of a friend. And she's like, am I attracted to you? I don't know. Maybe I am. I suppose I could be. And then you have a few drinks and you're like, well, I might as well be. Yeah. There's no one else here to he be attracted to. could be the one. To. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. And then you kind of go back home with them and you think it's all going really well. And... It's not. No. It's sexually in favour of one side rather than the other oh, one. Totally. The wrong side, oh, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that which I just really resonated with me because we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Was a lot of it drawing on kind of your experiences, your friends' experiences. <laughs> yeah. Have your friends been written in and are they picking out their stories? <laughs> I'm getting um, WhatsApps from friends at yeah. the moment about the book and every one I'm a bit like, oh God, I wonder if she's spotted herself. No, obviously it's not based on anyone. Right? <laughs> it's all fictional. Um, so yes, there were experiences in there, um, kind of such as the Callum one, which, um, you know, various, you know, either myself or friends <laughs> might have gone through. Um, so yes, elements are drawn from real life, but not all of it. <laughs> it's fiction. And it's also the other thing I love about it is it is stepping into this sort of unknown world because you know mm. heron goes in and starts dating a member mm. of the british aristocracy yeah. like a proper old school yeah. proper proper one yeah. with a land rover and a dog castle and yeah you know, all of that all of that mm. 
you used to work for Tatler, <laughs> the yeah. magazine. I mean, I love Tatler. Oh, do you? I, love, I have a subscription. Great. Um, <laughs> for the British aristocracy. Was that, were you kind of modelling it on... On well, your experiences there? Yes, I worked at Tatler for five years and I loved it. It was, yeah. I mean, I always say this to people, in the best possible way, it was like being at a girls' boarding school. We were all mates. I remember yeah. coming in once having just broken up with an ex-boyfriend and I sobbed for about two weeks and people would take <laughs> it in turns to come and sit by my desk with tissues and Aww. like, oh, your turn now, go and sit with it. You know, it was really cosy like that. But yeah, there were all these sort of extraordinary things, like interviews and and home shoots that I got sent on and I just didn't want to waste any of that. There's all this material and all these fascinating eccentric characters that do still exist like it's sort of the 19th century in certain pockets of the country and so I just thought yeah I want to I want to use some of that um, because it's kind of brilliant material so that's what I wanted to pack in there do you need any like formal training to write a fiction book because I always feel like a non-fiction book I feel like that's a standard thing that you'd be able to write and edit Mm. but I feel like when you're writing fiction did you have to have did you had you got some knowledge of writing are we able because i feel like aren't there things about like story arcs and protagonists and i don't we know like... this it was it was about pret and and coffee yeah. But... <laughs> yeah as i said yeah. actually yeah you guys were at my launch party on this week and i said it was mostly written in press manger before going into work at tatler no i mean i literally did sit down and just start writing which i guess is why i started with a posh magazine because that was what i knew <laughs> yeah. and then sort of i think the i think the sort of um storytelling muscle in your head is it is a muscle and i think you know when we're little we all write stories mm. oh the princess in the castle rescued by the you know whoever handsome prince and I and I we grow up and I think we lose that a bit and I don't know whether it's you know growing up or the education system or whatever it just gets beaten out of us or a lot of us anyway so when I came to you know start trying to write a fictional novel I remember opening my laptop and being a bit like oh can't think of anything <laughs> scary <laughs> blank word document and you think what am I going to write so and I think that's true a lot of people's first novels tend to be quite autobiographical but what's really interesting is now I'm writing my second one which is due really soon <laughs> um it's completely different and I feel like I've exercised that storytelling muscle a bit mm-hmm. like you know your biceps in the gym or something yeah. and because I've worked it a little bit for this one um and will work it harder for the next <laughs> one and hopefully continue to do so I notice stuff much more now so I'm much more observational uh, you know even in the street or in you know anywhere that I am or anything that I hear or read or listen to it sparks that muscle in my head somewhere and I go aha useful but are your friends so, now scared of talking to you yeah, yeah. Like, uh, will this end up somewhere in a book well we, C- can this be off the record yeah in fact um i saw my friend katie just before coming here and um what was she talking about oh yeah we were talking about um nipple hairs and she was like oh my god i can't talk to you about anything because it's going to get put in your next book <laughs> or you're going to say it on the radio <laughs> yeah. well, we're going to out her on the radio it's fine she was going off to pizza she went with us now but that's that's the danger everything yeah. becomes content yeah. for the nor efron's everything is copy yeah. yeah yes this is this is very very true <laughs> uh-huh. and so to to get to this place where you manage to finish a book yeah you know were there lots of directions of travel could could this have gone anywhere at, at certain points or did you always know and i don't want to ruin the end but did you always mm. know how it was going to end can't give it away i knew fairly early well, on well i'm happy to give it away i'm sure you don't want it because it it <laughs> you want people to go and read it and find out please for themselves what happened. um i yes i I knew the ending fairly early on. I wanted to have something to write to. And Mm. actually, weirdly, in the past two days, I've just written the ending of book two. I Mm. think it helps 
you know to I, I've done it a bit like a puzzle both books I've sort of done the framework and the outside and then I start filling in the, mm. the middle bits which I'm sure is really unscientific I'm sure proper writers don't do that at all and they write much more scientifically um, but yeah I, I think it helps if you have an ending to know where you're going to end up otherwise you're just sort of writing on that scary blank word document a bit blindly mm. um, so so yes I did and oh, again I don't want to give a spoiler I was going to talk about sort of happy endings or not happy endings so I was mm. saying so my next question was going mm. to be do you think there always has to be a happy ending because it starts I think we can say how it starts and you talk about the whole um you blame sense and sensibility yeah for a lot I really do yeah uh, <laughs> does there always have to be a happy ending I I wasn't sure actually with this one I had a conversation with Becky my agent really early on about a different ending and she was the one who said I think for this one if we can can we try and have a sort of happy traditionally sort of happy ending and I did have moments before the book came out, I mean, I've been incredibly neurotic for the past two months worrying about it. Um, my poor boyfriend's had to put up with me sort of having nightmares <laughs> and talking about it all the time. Um, and I've had moments where I've worried that um, it's not very sort of 2018 or 21st century or feminist to have to write a sort of traditional or a love story with a sort of happy ending in a way. I'm trying to be very vague to keep, you know, the ending a bit um, a bit vague. Uh, and because there's lots of sort of, you know, brilliant, uh, you know, female, well, dystopian sort of feminist books coming out this summer. And I was like, oh, God, am I really old fashioned and outdated because I've written this. But then weirdly, what really calmed me down was watching. Have you guys seen The Greatest Showman? Oh, not no, yet. but no. everyone oh, raves about so it. So I saw it on a flight, and I'm not trying to say in any way that the massive hit film Greatest Showman is, <laughs> is in any way comparable, or my book is in any way comparable <laughs> to that. But it's a really lovely, old-fashioned story, and I saw it on a flight. And then when you're on a long-distance flight, you're like, oh, when are we going to land? I've been on here for weeks. And it really <laughs> cheered me up. And I, as soon as I landed, I downloaded the Spotify soundtrack, and it just made me really happy. And I thought, actually, I think there is something in, mm-hmm. Harry, like yeah. you're saying, a sort of escapist, old-fashioned, you know, lovely chiclet i think i think we shouldn't really be ashamed of sort of saying that these days yeah and i've read books before and there's been, it was the book the one where it had a like awful ending and i was literally in floods of tears it's like that's oh, really oh, one, one, day. Day. one day that's one day yeah. the film that's with the um, yeah. what yeah. they're called yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but like yeah I, i'm kind of with you sophie i kind of feel like especially today's modern world i just want a little bit of happiness that's the thing a little bit, you, a bit of a laugh yeah i think a laugh as well um yeah hopefully that's what that's what people will find reading it and i often think women are sort of denigrated for writing what we call chiclet mm. you know that it's sort of written off as Therefore, not very good books. Yeah, lowbrow sort excellent. of excellent. Well, you know, uh, yeah, it really annoys me. In fact, Marianne Keys addresses this amazingly yeah. in her Desert Island Discs. If you'll listen to it, and, and Kirsty says, you know, what would you say to people who think it's popular? You know, sort of say it's popular sniffily, and she goes, I can't do the Irish accent. <laughs> she goes, well, it's it's popular, and she's sold, you know, I mean, millions of books. Yeah. Mm. So, like, who's laughing, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I it's well known that I don't read fiction books, mm. but all of the fiction books that I have read and I remember mm. are chiclet. Oh, and I so love one of my favourite books was this book called J- by Jane Green called Mr. Maybe. Mm. I mean, again, I read it in a day. Yeah. It made me laugh. Yeah. I was on a beach. It's perfect. I did not want dystopian, yeah. you know, <laughs> what happens. I don't need a thriller. I don't need anyone to die. Yeah. It is in, unless it's part of the story and it's a lovely story. Yeah, you exactly. know, but, you know, no ending. murders. I'm not into that sort of, I just can't. Yeah. I, I know what my limits are. Yeah. And this for me is that perfect place of escapism. It's what... Mm. 
I enjoy and I can visualize really well. Yeah, and there right. is there's there there's a place for the, for that yeah. sort of storytelling, and yeah. I think everyone's sort of moved into it. Must be this sort of three series Gone Girl. Is it Gone Girl type? I mean, Gone Girl one? was the one. Or the went... dragon tattoo things. Oh, Girl with the dragon tattoo. All of that. I mean, it's a lot. Different, but a long I know, yeah. but I mean, it's just this is. See, I don't read. I don't read these books. It's Pure Labradors. It's a those, lot. It? It's a lot for my brain. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I don't think we should beat ourselves up about you know reading a book that just is is nice and makes us laugh. You know. Yeah. But it's enjoyable. That is just for yeah, me enjoyable. enjoyable. That, that can, is the bottom line. Yeah, and you can get into bed and be like, oh, I don't. I'm not struggling to reach the end of a center. A really complicated yeah, sentence. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, actually, it doesn't matter if your eyes do close halfway through because you'll be able to pick it up and yeah. you know what's going on. <laughs> you're okay. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, Sophia, how you said you're writing your second book. Yes. How is that process going? And how is it different from the first one? Uh, well, it's very different. Like as I said, because the, my sort of muscle in my head, I think, is is being exercised a bit. So it's I'm picking. I'm finding it easier to think of storylines and uh, I spent all of yesterday uh yeah writing the last scene and really thinking about characters um in more detail I think um I there's a there's a very specific theme to book two that I'm slightly keeping under wraps in a really annoying way um basically because I don't want anyone else to do it (laughs) um but I've got the release date already for for next year so my publisher emailed me a couple of weeks ago and said right next year um here we go August again 2019 just like Right. Okay. Great. Better get on with it. So yeah, the deadline's end of November, so I've sort of got to hurry right. up. But I quite like that. Being a, having been a journalist anyway, yeah. you know, we deadline. can only work to deadlines, right? We yeah. have to have that breathing down the back of our necks, and then we'll get on with it. Pretty so. good that you've got a second book deal already. Well, I think so. I think sometimes that happens with yeah, with um, novelists. Yeah, it was so exciting. God, the day that I I got the call from Becky uh, last September saying that was a real uh, red letter day. Um, and then, but then that felt it felt like I had about, I had about a year and a half, or actually, yeah, nearly yeah. You know, a year, just over a year to write it. I was like, well, that's fine. I'm going to manage it. I'm going to go freelance. Got loads of time to write the second book. And then we get to now and I'm like, right. Okay. <laughs> End of November is really quite soon. Yeah. Yeah. And I keep refreshing the word count on my laptop. I'm like, oh, no, that's not enough. It's a really short novella, the next one. <laughs> but can I add that the character has a best friend called Natalie who's like absolutely badass and gets her out of all of the problems, assuming that it is centered around the Yeah, exactly. Undoubtedly. 100%. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> do you find people doing that so you've had yeah. people who are like oh no no don't put i'm not telling you so don't put it in the book yeah do you have the opposite which is people yeah. being like oh i'm telling you this really interesting story and if you want to use it yes i will have a few friends who are like oh please name a character that please name a character that i think julian fellows has auctioned names before for really? downton and for yeah for charity and That's he's got good. loads of money um for you know obviously to have some rich american say yes i'd like to be the sort of underfootman in downton Abbey. <laughs> Hilarious idea. <laughs> it's a way forward. Um, this is obviously your first book. If mm. you were giving a couple of key tips to first-time authors, mm-hmm. what would they be? Uh, one, and I've heard this said a lot by writers, and it's really annoying, but it is just sit down and write. Like, I know when, you, you know, as I've talked about it, the, that scary blank word document, just do it like write something uh, what I've been doing actually recently which sounds fairly basic but I found it really helpful is when I did the audio version for the plus one reading it out loud it took three days it was a really useful exercise and I realized I had I used the same expressions to describe people's sort of faces and there's a lot of leaning forward in chairs and leaning back in chairs and this that seems to be one of my main sort of descriptions and so what I've been doing at the moment is sitting in on trains or in train stations or in Pret again or in airports and just 
kind of trying to be subtle but looking around me and describing people around me and I found that really helpful because it's just I'm trying to be as observant and pick up tiny little details mm-hmm. I was um, sitting in Pret in High Street Ken the other day and there was a man who was chewing on a sandwich and his moustache was sort of rippling across his uh, mouth as he <laughs> ate like a wave and I was just trying to really notice stuff mm-hmm. like that and I think yeah if you want to sit down and write a novel great descriptions of people um, I think are helpful so yeah sit down and write and then yeah go if you're stuck go go and be really anonymous somewhere and just watch what's going on around you and write mm. a scene that's going on you know if you're in the airport lounge or somewhere just write that it just it means that you're writing something I um, love that idea yeah. I have a out. different question uh, mm. not about writing would you go to a wedding if you didn't a, a wedding where you didn't know anyone other than either the bride or the groom without a plus one I have done that actually and I was dreading it um, but it was amazing it was like one of the best weddings I've ever been to because you're sort of forced to fling yourself into it and mm. and just make friends with people uh, yeah I think daunting though it may be uh, I had a really great time and ended up going to, back to a house party and yeah it was a sort of really long night but um, yeah I think do mm-hmm. get See, stuck in I went to one. Oh no and symbolically, I was the only person sitting opposite no one. Oh, oh no. Well, like on That's the end of a it, was, it was a really long oh, table. Oh, oh, no. sitting at the very end, oppo- literally opposite no one. No. Just opposite an empty seat with my back to the bride and groom. Oh, because when I went to sit down in the other seat facing them, the woman next to me was like, no, someone's sitting here. And so then I had, then had to sit next to her husband, who she spent the whole dinner eyeballing him <laughs> so he did it by no way talk to me <laughs> that's the thing i find really unfair about yeah. weddings that seating plans can make or break it because if you no have a great one plan. you have so much yeah. fun and that sets you up for the whole evening if you had a really bad one like, oh well that's sort of you know yeah. taken the there was no seating plan and i got in there last because i was circling the ground i had an introvert day so i was circling the grounds because i didn't <laughs> want to talk to people i didn't oh, know no. and so i got into the room and everyone had sat down and that's why i ended up seating at the very oh, last seat very yeah good. and so i've made a decision i'm not going to the wedding unless i have a plus one okay, oh no wow. you have to so my, uh, i agree with sophia it's if you get a good table with some good people mm-hmm. you can have the most amazing mm. night you just never know. That's you the just thing. Never know. Yeah, because I don't know about you guys, but I'm really bad now. I feel like I'm 33 and I've, I've got my mates, and I very rarely, you know, mingle outside those mates because we're all busy. We've got stuff on. We don't see our own friends enough, let alone new people. Mm. And I feel like weddings sometimes. Yeah, you might hit it off with, you know, just you never know. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Okay. <laughs> Sophia, it's been so lovely chatting to you. Thank you. Sophia's book, The Plus One, is out now. Uh, Sophia Manicoots it has been a delight thank you so much I've loved it thank you for having me thank you very much coming up next it is of course time for our badass bulls ups we're going to be talking about Botox should I have it (laughs) I'm going to iron out the creases in my forehead as I say that and loneliness how to manage it planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. 
Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And still in the studio with us tonight, we have the fantastic <laughs> Sophia Bunny Coots. She Hi. was going to go and then we've just roped her into <laughs> Badass Balls Ups. So it's all about me this week. It's all about me. Um... <laughs> So my first question for you ladies is about Botox. So my group of girlfriends, the first of us has had Botox. (laughs) And when she told us she was doing it, we were all like, no, what are you doing? Don't do it. It's a slippery slope. Stop. And she was like, nope, I'm going for it. I'm doing it. And she went and had it and she's come out and she looks great. She looks really, really great. And we all thought that she was going to look you know, completely frozen, nothing moving. She just looks like she had a really good night's sleep. <laughs> and so now having always been, not anti it, but sort of of the belief that, quite frankly, my face is fat enough to just plump out the skin anyway, I've started noticing a few little lines down the middle of my forehead. And I'm thinking, should I do it? What do we think? A couple of questions first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the lines in the middle, in the, 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 the sort of the brow, yeah. before or after she had her after. baby? After. Oh, okay. After. So, yeah. First mm-hmm. one. Second one, uh, what's your sort of, what's the genes like? Is your, oh, your no, mum's got gene, really good The genes are not great. The genes, I mean, <laughs> like I've got Irish potato farmer heritage, right? And <laughs> apologies to the Irish potato farmers out there, but our skin falls off our faces. Right. So I, I am I do know that my time with it where it currently is is limited and at some point I'm gonna have jowls which basically go down to my knees. <laughs> yeah, because you're aging. Because I'm aging, That's I mean, yes. It's called life. It mm-hmm. is yeah. called life. But it makes the peop- the women in my family look quite sad, is the only thing. Maybe they are sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but last one, would you is it just your forehead that you'd get Botox in, or would you get fillers and stuff elsewhere? So fillers really scare me. Okay, mm. really. I, I so basically, I'm a wimp. I need somebody in my group to go and do it first, <laughs> scope it out. And make, so when probably when my friend El goes and gets her fillers, then I'll be like, oh, okay, good, looking, looking good, I like it. But the people I have seen who I know have had fillers, mm-hmm. it hasn't looked great on. So I'm a little bit, I'm more nervous of them. I would mm. say. Okay, but that's okay. an older thing, isn't it? I think don't you, you start. I mean, you start with Botox, oh, right? And then you, off. if you, if you go down that route, and then you gravitate. To fillers, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it's like going up. from Leveling cannabis up. to heroin. Yeah. Is that what, <laughs> <we're> <laughs> <saying>? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Sophia, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, oh. I have to. Probably... Sorry, I just have to say, no, no, going from either cannabis or to heroin or back or forth or yeah. on any of them. Just FYI. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I probably have to confess. Yes, I. Have have had Botox it was uh it was about a year and a half ago 
that I suddenly thought, oh, my forehead. Um, and I suppose also <laughs> my, my crow's feet. And I just thought, oh, God. And I, I worked at a glossy, I worked at Tatler at the time, a glossy magazine, and a lot of women around me looked amazing. So I went and had a word with our beauty director and she said, don't worry, don't worry. And she told me where I should go and pack me off to this amazing place in Chelsea um, to this amazing doctor. And um, I went in. It was actually the day that I went on the first date with my now boyfriend. I went in and um, and you go to these places and they take photos of you with an iPad in really bad lighting and then show you. <laughs> and she was like, right, this is what I think we should do and sort of pointed out, you know, the trouble spots as they were. And then I and then quite quickly I was sort of lying down and she was, you know, just doing little pricks. And then off I went and that was that. Um, so I have to say I'm kind of, I I sort of hate myself a little bit for doing it. But then once you've had it, you see, you, you look like your friend. You look really great. great. And I think I don't think it's the end of the world, is it? I mean, I think there are worse things. And also, I feel a little like bit of Botox. if we're on a scale, you know, I would get my hair done. I would, you know, get a facial. I would, I get my eyebrows done. You know, I do lots of other stuff. Yeah. So is it just an extension of that? Emma, what do you well, think? Well, I, I, I don't know. For me, for me, I'm like... I will never do it. And half of it is because I have a real problem with putting anything foreign in my body unless it's for like medical purposes. The other half of me wants to actually fight it because I kind of feel like it's just playing in to society telling us that we're only of value and we're only worth something if we look young. Mm. And also I think it's a losing battle. Like I can have Botox now and then when it wear like every day I'm aging just like one day at a time which is really good because I get used to it as it goes <laughs> no big shockers big shock. yeah. you know you could tell that you're aging but it's a slow process <laughs> and you know my level of acceptance comes along with it and I feel like I'll have Botox I'll look great then it wears off but I'll look worse and then I'll be like oh my god I've got to have Botox again because I look and I'm just, I just want to really accept all my wrinkles and I think also the older I get the more I'm a bit like I'm just going to appreciate being here and being healthy and well. And I don't, I just, yeah. I just don't want to, I just don't want to succumb to that. I, I really just want to fight it. Even if everybody else around me does it, I feel like <laughs> as women, we have to be judged on other things other than whether we look young or whether we've got any lines in our foreheads. I mean, Emma does have fabulous jeans though. So, so I was just I about to say, okay, I, 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 so, no, 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 I know, I know, I know, no, it's not, I know it's I know not it's a good not argument. That. It's not, it's, that's not, it's not this is not part term. of the argument that you, you look fabulous anyway. You, you, you're 42. Two. And, I know. you know, your face but, is. But, so, okay. So, you what, know, there's what, no, there's no, no wrinkles to worry about. So it's easy to say that. No, there isn't. But I'm still aging. Like, you know, but I think, but this is the other thing as well. I think the reason I look as good as I do for my age is that I've always taken great care about what I put into my body. So, you know me, yeah. I don't really drink mm-hmm. my diet. I don't eat a lot of sugar. And I'm, I'm not like a ninja about stuff do you know Mm. what I mean but I've I think from my late 20s I've just always really I've always thought that my outer how I look outer is largely affected by what I put in so Mm. it's been a combination and good genes I do think that Mm. you know there's there's that that. because Mama Sexton looks awesome but you know what if I go out if I went out drinking Mm. every night I would not look good (laughs) (laughs) we are talking botox would you do it or not sophia's a yes emma's a no (laughs) now where do you stand i say yeah do whatever makes you happy 
black doesn't crack so i'm <laughs> like i'm good for like another 10 15 years before i even need to worry about it but if i was concerned i would just do it every I, you know i've already said i've had underarm botox to stop my sweating the botox is already in my system <laughs> so i can keep going with that i don't know if i'd have fillers because i'm yeah i think change i wouldn't i don't want to change shape of my face yeah. but if i needed a little plump and a little little took yeah why not do you think it's the start of a slippery slope? Because this is the other thing. So again, my group of girlfriends that this particular friend sparked this conversation from, uh, we have a running joke that at, at about 40, we're all going to go on holiday to Brazil and get our boobs lifted. <laughs> and we're going to go together so we can make it a girl's holiday. Yeah. Um, I would do that I, too, by the way. Feel <laughs> free to come. Yeah. I wonder, is it like a, is it a bit of a slippery slope where where you do one and that's it and then you're you're on the you're on the treadmill? But is it a slippery slope if there are things that you want to get done? So, uh, but why do you want to get them done? Because why not? No, but it isn't why not, is it? It isn't why not. But Harriet has not even mentioned wanting Botox until her mate got it. <laughs> this is true. If your mate didn't have Botox, you wouldn't even be thinking about it. I know, but nobody wants to be the ugly one of the group, do they? <laughs> having like, having Botox has no like it's subtle. Yeah. It's super subtle. This is oh god, it's peer pressure. That's what it is. It I've is. Been you're a human being. It. You just want to blend in. We don't like being the black sheep. So if everybody's having Botox your mind will go, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I'll get some of that. Yeah, okay. Well, you can see it with friendship groups, can't you? I mean, yeah. I can definitely see it with mine. And you've seen it with yours. You know, the yeah. sort of ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. And this 100%. is the other thing, which is also if somebody gets done and it's good, then you don't have to worry about where do I go because you know. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'll go to this place. Yeah. It's the sort oh, of phone I... numbers pass around furtively. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've yeah. got a I know a great woman. Well, I know a good woman yeah, exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We've had a tweet, uh, anonymous tweet, <laughs> very feels very strongly with you, Emma. She's like, no, it's part of getting older. I turned 50 last Saturday. You don't look young. Trust me, you just look, look frozen. Weird. Yeah, you look weird. That's always been my thing. You don't, none of this stuff, it's anti-aging, all this stuff. You don't look younger, you look weird. You look your age because you, your, your body's aging. Your body looks older, the way your muscles hang, your skin hangs, your neck, your deck. Like, where, do you, where does it end? Well, I mean, it, I've it already said that all I was Brazil gonna... on the beach with our boob jobs. That's exactly. right. But your boobs have got like, <laughs> and I think you can do a tuck for the underarm if that's falling a bit, and I think you can do a kneecap tuck if you, you want to if that's the hanging a little thing, bit. Yeah. yeah, I think I mean, Elbows, spend all that, yeah. all the money you're going to go and give to these beauty <laughs> people. Mean... Can you go and give them to a therapist? <laughs> Maybe lot lot longer lasting. <laughs> Right, so that's do the what strongest argument. Or just good moisturiser. Good, good moisturiser. I mean, I do spend a lot of money on skincare. <laughs> <laughs> just not invasive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so we are, was the jury's still out on Botox. I'm going I'm to think about it, but I will take your point about peer pressure, Emma. It's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you know I know things. You do. So my second, my second question of this week is now. Uh, we've probably discussed this on the show before. A while ago, I had a sort of emotional affair with somebody that I should not have had an emotional affair with. And in a, just a horrendous moment of awfulness this morning, whilst I was picking up my dog's poo, my phone somehow managed to call him. <laughs> you butt-dialed him. I, but, and I don't even know how that's possible because I have an oh, iPhone that's not supposed to switch was on. Was it your subconscious butt-dialed him? I, no, it was me trying to not drop the poo and the phone in all at the same time. <laughs> Um, and, it, and I obviously hung it off and then he messaged me and, oh, and I all got a bit spirally now the problem that I have is not really him that's fine 
The problem that I have is that his girlfriend has a very active social media account. And so obviously I was like, well, I'll just go and check that they are still together. Oh, yes, there they are on their mini break at a very expensive hotel uh, with their small baby. Oh, great. Lovely. And it sent me into a real spiral of feeling really lonely, really lonely. And I don't usually feel lonely. I usually feel like I have a really full life. I've got lots of lovely friends. I have a great job, lots going on. I have the world's most loving dog. (laughs) Um, You know, so I don't really feel lonely. But today I felt really lonely and I can't seem to shake it. What should I do? Questions. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Is it lonely or was it an element of wanting that life? That definitely there's a bit of wanting that life mm-hmm. definitely definitely a bit of wanting that, that life. curated mm-hmm. instagram life this is the highlights yeah. this is what i want people to think my relationship looks like that life harriet i mean yes obviously <laughs> and obviously i know that you know that curated relationship is not what that relationship is like yeah. i definitely well, it's know that. not because he's messaging you yeah exactly so it's not <laughs> and he's got I, a small so, baby so it's a bad curated life it's a bad curated life so i don't want that but there's definitely a bit of wanting that mm. companion and somebody to go to places yeah, with and have a bit of like a bit of a life with definitely mm. when you felt like that did you immediately think about going online yes or, okay did I immediately go online yes did I immediately match with some people yes did I immediately message them yes did the three of them instantly delete my message without so much as replying yes yeah but well, that's dating that, apps like, isn't it so all of this is an online problem really, isn't it, it because it's oh. going online oh, seeing yes. her profile yeah. then going on the apps and then it's yeah. all from that yeah. it's oh, it's I so need a toxic. digital detox yes. yeah yeah maybe do. because I always be think yeah. when you have one of those days or one of those moments when you get a bit sort of I call it squirrely and you can go yeah. through an Instagram spiral and start looking at things that you shouldn't and suddenly think, it's oh, like 2010 yes. yeah and you're just and it makes you so low but I always think I don't know what you're doing after this I think it's early nights like book with you know in bed yeah. with a book and then tomorrow it's always better the next day and you think okay I'm a, I've allowed myself to be sort of squirrely for a few hours and be low yeah. but that with me anyway it clears hopefully after not too long and you go to bed and you and the next day is better mm. yeah I, I hope so I hope, yeah. I hope so I think it's I, think so. I tried to like push the self-care element but mm. I don't know it just felt Ems do you ever get that yeah, definitely. And but I think I think what I've learned with my emotions or like, you know, lo- those low moments is to really feel it and to like move through that and not to suppress yeah. it and to acknowledge that I'm lonely. And, you know, if you're single, it does get lonely. But equally, I then have to, I try and engage my logic brain to go, OK, well, you can imagine this rose tinted relationship. But I've been in relationships where I've been just as lonely being in a relationship as mm-hmm. I am single. And mm. like, I think you just have to balance I don't know, we always want what we haven't got and then we can portray what we haven't got as this amazing thing. And, you know, you know as much as anybody, Harriet, that a a relationship does have lots of lovely things, but it has some really challenging things. And I think that's the same with single. So being single. And I think move through it, wallow in it for a bit. But yeah, yeah, tomorrow's a new day. I like Sophie's advice. But that was my thing, the questioning around the digital side of it. I think stepping back from the digital and ultimately what is not real because they're yeah. 2D images of a moment in time mm. and living in the fullness of the life that you've got and maybe for tomorrow just really being not just in the emotion because I'm was also a bit like you know come on let's yeah. bounce back just living in the fullness of the bits you enjoy about your life so going to your favorite coffee shop and having the cake and the coffee with blue That's you know nice hopefully idea. the sun's out or you're know, going down the river just do the bit that 
the bit of your life that really makes you happy mm. just indulge in that bit mm. for a little bit of time and also remember that being single is very luxurious it is very luxurious. You can do exactly what you want when you yeah. want. Don't have to share with anybody. You can watch yeah. what you want. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, watch what you want. It's yeah. pretty, yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is a good point. Thank you, ladies. It's very cheering. This has been Badass Women's Hour's best bit. Uh, if you liked it, please do rate, review, and subscribe us. We love that. Five stars. Um, or come chat to us on social media. You can find us at Badass Women's Hour, HR, at Badass Women's Hour, or come talk to us individually. I'm at Harriet Minter, at Emma Sexton, and at Nat D. Campbell. And we'll be here again next week, same time, same place. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 